Hello and welcome back to Pals Watch Friends, the podcast where two pals, that's me and him, sit here, we watch an episode of Friends and then we talk about it for a bit and this week we are on season two, episode two. Hello Aaron. Hello mate, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, how are you? I'm alright, um, we are all a little bit under the weather in this house, um, oh. so if I give a cough or a sniff or if I sound like I am munching my way through an industrial-sized bag of gravel, it's just a bit of a cold, so I apologise. Um, I am You might am sound a bit far... like uh, You might sound a bit like Tone Loke during this episode, then. <laughs> I'm like, Ace! Um, <laughs> but I am by far the, the one out of the three of us in this house who's got it the easiest. So, um, oh, that's not good. Yeah. No, my little un has uh, a crusty face, and my wife uh, basically <laughs> wakes up every hour or so through the night, stressed that she can't breathe. So, yeah, yeah, it's not a nice place to be, is it? Is she like? Funnily enough, ours is full of snot as well currently. Um, yeah. Most of it's coming out now because I think she's coming to the back end of the cold. But yeah, it's the same thing. Like it's you just. Because you're constantly wiping the nose as well, it's like Just, then the face yeah, starts really to get sore. sore. So it's not I know. Fun. A little trick for that: Awful. put a bit of um, bit of Vaseline, rub a bit of Vaseline under the lip and around the nostrils. Second person to tell me that in less than 24 hours. That means it's um, going to happen. Amazing. Got to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's get on with episode mm. two: the one with the breast milk. I know we've kind of stopped. Um, we've kind of stopped uh, giving putting a time frame on this summary because it's it didn't really work because it was dead easy but i reckon yep. you can surmise this in about five seconds <laughs> well there's two threads to it um which is why the episode has unofficially it has a second name which is ah. the one with ombre man okay yeah so mm. the two thirds of the episode are Monica is encouraged to go shopping and become friends with Julie, Ross's mm-hmm. girlfriend. And Joey somehow has found himself working as one of the men that sprays aftershave on people in a department store. And he has a rival, the ombre man, who is a cowboy. I don't yeah. think anyone else is doing anything of any importance. Oh, no, there is breast milk, of course. Uh, what's she called? <laughs> Susan. No, the other one. Carol. Carol. Carol is breastfeeding. Everyone apart from Ross has tried breast milk at some point and Ross feels left out. Yeah, so, I mean, basically, if, if, it, was me, if it was my summary, uh, my summary um, the plot, the whole plot, I mean, plot-wise, it was an absolute shocker. I would yeah. have gone with Joey versus Ombre, Rachel yeah. versus Julie, Ross yeah. versus breast milk. <laughs> it's the fight for the ages. <laughs> that well, like that's the undercard. The undercard is Joey versus Ombre and Rachel versus Julie, and then the main event is Ross versus Breast Milk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is which is crazy because right. So the the first thing that really got me was so the the whole Breast Milk thing. It's like I don't know. It, it's like the worst thing they could possibly imagine. But the boys to start with. Oh yeah, no, I mean, they're really freaked out by breastfeeding. Yeah, not even the breast milk, just the 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 the, 
the thing of breastfeeding, the boys like Joey and Chandler are absolutely completely freaked out in in at the start. And then within a minute and a half, Joey's slamming breast milk down like <laughs> like he's done it a thousand times, like he's some sort of like paternity expert. Yeah. So yeah. Like one minute he's terrified, the next minute he's like, "What? You've never had breast milk? Like, <laughs> like it's completely normal?" So it's yeah, just yeah. bizarre. I um, so I'm going to open myself up to criticism here, but um. Mm-hmm. When it comes to sort of uh, like breastfeeding and things like that, I think we it was about it was a while ago when there was like a, a little movement of sort of like weird people going, "I don't think this should be allowed," and everybody with a brain cell going, "Are you stupid?" Like, of course Which people should be allowed to breastfeed it. Like oh, breastfeeding in public, in public. Yeah. yeah. This yeah, shouldn't yeah. be allowed. You go, well, of course, like they're feeding a child. Get over yourself, which is fine. Um. Mm. So yeah, so I used to work at a cafe in Sheffield, and mm. um, it w- had quite a lot of sort of um, like groups of mums who would come and have lunch and stuff, and like brunch and in big lo- big groups of them. Um, I think just due to where it was situated on Ecclesall Road, so quite mm. sort of quite um, central without being the city centre, and also you could come at it from everywhere, couldn't you? Like you know, yeah. you know where Ecclesall Road is. We used to work there together. Yeah, um, yeah. Now. I used to have two issues with uh, breastfeeding, and here they are. <laughs> One is, I have no problem with it in the slightest. However, what would happen is they would come up to the counter and would order what they wanted, and then I would bring them what they had ordered. You, you, we've been in restaurants before. That's, That's how, how it works. works. Mm-hmm. We love it. Well, often, in between that gap, they would then start breastfeeding the children, which is fine. And then yep. I would bring them the thing that they had ordered and they would look at me with abject horror as I approached the table where they were breastfeeding with the thing they had ordered. Now, you yeah, like, why, why are you coming here? I'm simply bringing you your chai latte, like, you've, what you have ordered. Like, this doesn't bother me. It shouldn't bother you because you've instigated this. I was just minding my own business. You did both parts of this. You've ordered the milky drink and you have started delivering a milky drink of your own i'm a passive <laughs> passive person in this like it's not my fault anyway that was it that was just the, the first one was the social awkwardness of that but you know yeah. whatever i think if 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 we had um if we had, what what is chai is chai tea i don't know mate it's really cinnamony i don't know if it's a blend of something i just picked that one at random do you put actual milk in there or is you do. chai the milk no, chai is a sort of, think of it as hot chocolate mix, and then you add milk to it. It's really cinnamony and a bit sort of vaguely spicy. Got you. Yeah. I keep, I I think keep the re- breaking this episode. I'm sorry. It's all right. Emotions. The reason I went with chai latte is actually to do with the second breastfeeding story, which is the only time I've ever gone, now come on. And that was, yeah. there was a woman who would order a chai latte, that's why, and she would, she had a child who was, so I couldn't place the age of the child at the time because I didn't have one of my own. But now, mm-hmm. looking back, I'm going to go with five. Right. And the child was up and about and running around mm-hmm. and then would return back to mother to breastfeed at the age of about five, which would... I mean, you picture someone breastfeeding. That, that, they're, that in right. they're in their arms. They're in their arms. I'm telling you, mate. In their arms, because they're a baby, this woman was sitting upright reading a book while the child stood at 
breast level for a feed. I thought you were going to say that the the kid was stood there reading a book like War and Peace while breastfeeding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mummy, mummy, any chance you could get another t- chai latte? I've not quite finished here. <laughs> mummy, I need a thesaurus. This book's quite beyond my level. But yeah, um, that yeah, is, that was, yeah that's it was too, bizarre. Too it was it was bizarre. But you know, it's that is a step beyond what the boys are experiencing, which is a newborn baby getting a feed, and they are horrified. Yeah, well, me and Christine were talking about it because she was half watching it with me as well last night. And we were talking about breastfeeding and how, and I said, when you think about it, drinking human milk mm. shouldn't, that shouldn't be as weird as drinking cow's milk. Because if, if you actually break down what we yeah, just of course, said, yeah. right? It's bizarre. Humans drink, little humans drink human milk. So little Nailed humans it. don't drink cow's milk. We have literally like, gone from going, uh, I can't drink that milk that I've already drunk as a baby to that to but instead I can <laughs> that stinky horrible four legged beast in that field with those that dangly other thing, I'll lap that stuff up all day long. That's not very nice on Carol. <laughs> Stick it in my on my cereal. That is crazy. Yeah, the fact yeah that we're drinking that. But yeah. Uh, do you know what's also crazy? And I don't know how often this would have happened in your cafe in Sheffield. Go on. But Ross walks to the door, walks into the door from outside, packed cafe. All the gang are sat on the sofa, um, including Julie. He yep. walks in through the door, like he's at home, takes his coat off at the door and goes, hi, honey, at, at that that volume level in a packed cafe. And at the other side of the cafe, they all turn around and go, hi, like he's just yeah. walked into his living room. No, it's very odd, isn't it? I think... Really odd. You know, when, you, when you're filming that as a either an actor or an extra or even the people making it, they, you must be making such an unnatural environment because what you're doing is make a set that looks like a coffee shop because we can't use a coffee shop because we have to get cameras in it. Fill mm. it with people like a coffee shop, but everybody sit perfectly silent, mouthing words at each other, yeah. pretending to talk so we can hear someone walk into a coffee shop and pretend it's his home. But that is insane. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's cow milk level insanity. It's little touches like that. Like if you've gone to all that trouble, like you just said, <clears throat> walking through the door... Why doesn't he... He could have... Snuck up on the, the back table. of the couch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Walk over to the table or the couch and then go, hi, lean over and go, hi, honey, and give her a kiss like you would. Or the counter, because he's gone to order a drink and he sort of, he could do a half turn to look back at them and they haven't even noticed he's there yet. Then they clock him and he goes, hi, honey. Like, he, like as if he was just observing them being a gang yeah. without them. Yeah. Bad. Rubbish. Hey, Monica's hair's nice, considering uh, last time we saw it, it was all chopped up and uh, Dudley Moore. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. She's yeah, she got fixed. it fixed up. And yeah. Julie doesn't look like she's let Phoebe have a go at her hair either. No. No, that thread was quickly dropped, wasn't it? Which yeah. is where we left last episode, me going, I'm going to keep an eye out for that. And it started, I went, oh, damn. No jokes here, guys. Did... No. Um, did you enjoy the Nike advert at the beginning of the episode? 
Yeah, 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 absolutely smitten, weren't they? The whole gang, with these there, amazing Nike trainers. There is product placement in programming and films, and then there is having one of your core cast announced to all of the rest of the core cast <laughs> while they're all sitting down and you're standing up to present to them a pair of trainers branded whilst one of the other core cast says the slogan of that company. <laughs> I mean, if, if you literally put an advert in, it would be less... Sorry, it would be more subtle. The only thing, I think, that Nike... Because, I mean, literally, as you described it, is exactly what has happened. You're not being... Uh, you're not being, I, I, I did not have to exaggerate. Or, it or did, it exactly. happened. You're not, yeah, you're not exaggerating for comedy effect. That is exactly what happened. The only thing I, I would say is that... The reaction of Ben when he offered said Nike trainers is he starts to cry, which... <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, so he starts to cry just like randomly sort of thing. And and uh, uh, Phoebe says something like, because the slogan obviously is just do it. And Phoebe says something to Ooh, him like, oh... What's, what's that slogan again, Greg? <laughs> That's just do it. <laughs> uh, not sponsors. Um, nope. he, please, he... please sponsor me. He starts to uh, cry and she says, oh, I, I guess that's too much pressure or something. Um, you know, just do it. Too much pressure. That's oh, right, yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah. Now, judging what we know about Apple, and if anyone doesn't know this, Apple, in films, Apple won't let their products be used by baddies. Uh, the baddies. So the goodies can use Apple products, but baddies can't use Apple products because they don't want to be associated with Bad people, I guess. And they um, can't smash them up much. Like, you can't smash an iPhone or whatever, like because they don't want to show it as being destructible. Destructible. And also, the, and, and another real-world world situ, world situation, which is quite interesting, there's some car brands, like major car brands, like Rolls-Royce and, and Bentley, that if you if your car breaks down, they will come and collect it and repair it for free. But you have to use them because what they do is they come and pick your car up on a tow truck and they completely cover it so no one can see it getting towed away because ah, they don't want it. they don't right. want anyone to see a Bentley or right, it's Bentley in in a garage and getting repaired because they don't want anyone to think that they ever break down. So the, ah, the last okay. thing they want is a tow truck to be driving one of those. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's interesting. And repair it, yeah. But you, yeah, just to hide it. But anyway, going back to this, um, like yeah. So I wonder. So yeah. So that that surprised me that Nike would allow the baby to start crying. Maybe it's a sponsorship for Adidas, and they just went right. All we want you to do is give them a pair of Nike, and the kid bursts into tears. Brilliant yeah. for our brand. <laughs> yeah, but only if you don't mention it. It's like subliminal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, not Adidas. Going, oh, it's not Adidas good. It's Nike bad. Yeah, Nike makes babies cry. Well, who's Ooh. the other big brand? Well, we'll go with Adidas. Yeah, yeah. Then next week, like, he's going to come out in a Puma tracksuit yeah. and just, <laughs> just catch on fire. fire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're all on the same page there. <laughs> That's the Simpsons for us, isn't it? That's what that is. That yeah. Me and you both liking early Simpsons is stuff that shouldn't go on fire going on fire. <laughs> cereal trees <laughs> just like um com like what was it uh just what's the word when you what is it thingy combusting what everyone oh, was spontaneously scared of the, combust 
Yeah, yeah. Ev- everyone was scared of that in the 90s. That was all the rage, wasn't it? Yeah, everyone was scared about spontaneous combustion, which... I'll tell you what, it was uh, them aliens in the goo in the eggs. Yep. It was Adidas poppers. Yes, definitely. It was the Spice Girls, and it was spontaneous combustion. <laughs> they were the big haters of the Oh, take me yeah. back. So, I mean, after I'd, I'd sort of said season two I was looking forward to because it was going to be a bit of an upswing. And then after the films during the break, which was a bit of a downer because it was so long and terrible. Mm-hmm. And then the first episode being fine, but not amazing, but certainly a step up. Well, this massive step fit, up for me. If you, yeah. yeah. It, this just did feel like a one step forward, two steps back type of episode. It was not much happened. I did like the ombre guy. I've got to say like, that's, that, that was, I mean, that's, that's my pal of the episode is ombre guy. Well, yeah. When he first came out, I thought in terms of pal, I thought too obvious because he's, a, and then the more we saw of him, the more I enjoyed him. And for me, he was a toss up between him and Julie. Just because of yeah, Julie how was quite lovely. Julie, yeah, she was really, really nice in this episode. Yeah, I'll, I'll I totally agree with that. Um, I don't know why she's hanging around with these guys. No, not at all. Because so, I mean, where where are we sort of timeline wise like, in the episode? She's hanging out with the guys. She goes shopping with Monica. Monica really, really likes her after just spending one day with her, which is obvious because she's nice. And then. Yeah. Later on, and in she's the episode, not used to that. She's no. not used to hanging around with nice people. <laughs> Later on in the episode, she sort of has to hang out with Rachel, and re- like she sort of takes the initiative and goes, "I kind of get the feeling you don't like me." And Rachel goes, "Yeah, I don't." <laughs> and when, like at that point, Julie's well within her rights to go, "All right, fine, screw you." But instead, she sort of totally adjusts her body language and like sort of turns to her to receive the information on why do you not like me and the answer mm-hmm. is basically because Rachel's a sour bitch <laughs> it's Rachel wants to go out with Ross but has absolutely no grounds for doing so and Ross has found Julie and is really happy and all of Rachel's friends like Julie and when, when they when <laughs> the she end. confronts her about not liking her she goes oh, I really think I really got the impression that you didn't like me mm. uh, when we and and she went. Oh, I've got to be honest. It, you, you were right to think. Yeah. That. And she goes, "All oh, right." And she goes, "Yeah, because when you first came out with Ross, you know, I didn't like you." And uh, uh, what did she say? For uh, for reasons I don't want to bore you with now. Well, yeah. And then she like, just. You have to bore me with those details because that's the question. I want to know why you didn't like me. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, what he, else um, could it be? She really breezes over that, and I mean, credit to Julie, she actually just lets her, which is weird. Yeah. But what else could it be? Like, because you're with Ross, I didn't like you, but I'm not going to explain why. Well, you don't really have to, because it's it it must be that you fancy Ross. Yeah, yeah. You've literally just mentioned him. Yeah. I mean, we don't really do worst friend. On a on a regular basis, I think it's like one. Oh, of, but, like, no, unless it, one in. Yeah, like unless it needs to be said. But I really mm. would 
like on the record that <laughs> Rachel was a terrible person in this episode. Yeah. A real like a real downer. If she yeah. cares so much about Ross, why doesn't why isn't she at least partially happy that he seems really happy and everybody else seems really happy around it? Yeah, and why did we have to lose that that erratic Rachel from last last week when yeah. when she was like that must have sat well they, with the audiences. So why I not? I think so. If they, you know, off? if they if they played this episode with that character, if they did it as this like like erratic is the absolute right word for it. If they had her like mm-hmm. that, then I think you could have got a better episode out of this if she was sort of all over the place and like really like stressy and scatty about it as opposed mm-hmm. to just being kind of cold and a bit yeah yeah horrible. a bit of a bastard yeah yeah, yeah. screw Rachel I am um... uh, can I ask you a question the most serious question from me from the whole episode <clears throat> please do what the hell is a cantaloupe oh um it's I think it's the melon and we have a different word for it um, is it like a honeydew melon? Well, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I've got no idea because they had some cantaloupe juice at one point, didn't they? Which that was my sh- my shining light from the whole episode. So, Joe, the ombre man, if we've not already explained, he Joey's working in a um like a big department store, and he's one of the guys that sprays people with aftershave. Um, and he's dressed in a tux and all of that, like a bit like James Bond sort of thing. And then there's another guy on the floor who's dressed as a cowboy who's the ombre man, and he's spraying people with uh, the perfume called Ombre Man. and yep. Or Ombre. Just Ombre. And uh, which is Ombre, man. which of course means man, so he is the man-man. He's the man-man, yeah, in Spanish. And... Um, and uh, oh, and then so he comes in from like a day. He said he ends up dressing up like a cowboy as well. Um, and he comes in from a day at work complaining. And Chandler's there. Uh, this is my shining light from the episode. Chandler's at the breakfast bar wiping it down with like a tea towel. And yeah. they play it out. He because he walked in like a cowboy. They play it out like an old Wild West scene where he's getting him a drink, sliding the sliding the glass down the bar. It, Joey catches the drink, yeah. swings it back, slides it back, and while well, we have a, a chat. And it's really that good. Was my, that was my shining light, that scene. That was yeah, I think so, really yeah. I've, I've just wrote um, ombre bar scene, that was decent, which I think is, when I was watching it, I wrote that was decent, but then when you take the whole episode together... <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely the the highlight of the episode. Is that yeah, I totally yeah. agree. There is a line. Um, let me find it because I was doing a little trivia search, and I thought, oh, like it sort of stands out as being a bit. Uh, Chandler tells Joey to go see Miss Kitty, who will fix him up with a nice hooker. That's how he sort of ends that scene. And I went, oh, that's yeah. weird, but that is a reference to uh, a fifties TV show called Gunsmoke. Now, right. we don't have that over here, but you will know a phrase from that TV show, well, made popular from that TV show, which is to get the hell out of Dodge. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, so yeah, yeah. That show is set in Dodge City, and get the hell out of Dodge would be like the thing that they would say to the baddie of each episode. It was like a really long-running Western thing. 
yeah, yeah, basically get yourself out, get get out of town, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that that's literally the only bit of trivia that I've got for the episode because uh, it is a barren, barren wasteland. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I'm going to go straight to this question, jumping around a bit. Go on. Uh, Ross has got Ben for the day or for the night, um, and he spends the whole time in the girl's apartment. Why is he in the girl's apartment? Has he not got his own apartment at this stage? He has. We've yeah, seen we, it. Yeah, we've seen it, yeah. Um, Why is he not at his apartment with his son? Um, Because he's a sociopath and he can't be alone. Surely sociopaths are good at being are good at being alone, aren't they? Yeah, but now he's not alone because there's a child. <laughs> <laughs> and he's scared what he might. No, that's too dark. It's too dark. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't really. I didn't clock that like that at all. Really. Um, yeah. Why wouldn't you just chill in the house with your own child? The other yeah. crazy thing I saw was. This is more crazy. This is the most crazy thing of the episode for me. We see Rachel in peak twice working, right? Two different occasions. Do you mean peak? Uh, yeah, what did I say? Peak? Yeah. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to the peaks for a walk later. That's probably why. Central peak. Central peak, uh, Derbyshire. Um, yeah, so the first time she's working, she has got a bright white shirt on. Oh, yeah. Right? Just a plain shirt, button-up shirt. Okay. And I said to Christine, that is that is a crazy decision when you're delivering coffee and making coffee. Yep. Because, like, if, you know, you bang, bang the coffee grinds out or whatever, something's going to kick back on the shirt or whatever. And she's got an apron on, but the apron is only up to her waist, and she's got a dark skirt on, so she doesn't really need an apron. What she needs is something on the top or a different shirt. Uh, and then in the next scene that she's in Perk, she's got a bright white T-shirt on. <laughs> right. Exactly okay. the same decision has been made twice with two different garments of clothing. So that is crazy. Um, it's also a bugbear of mine because the cafe where I work now or would work now if the world was normal. Um yeah. So, <laughs> the owners insist that we wear that exact outfit. Ah. Now, it really, really grinds on me. So, here's the... It, when I started, there was myself and Ross, we are the managers, and we wore whatever we wanted within reason. So, you mm. know, you already know what I'm wearing, mate. I've got uh, very... I've got black jeans on that may as well be trousers because they're, you know, they're jet black. I've got mm-hmm. probably a pair of Doc Martens on, maybe uh, all black trainers. I've got a checky shirt on. That's my mm-hmm. outfit. That's my uniform. That's who I am, right? Yeah. Ross, similar. And then on a weekend, we'll dress a bit smarter because that's where we're at the most business. But during the week, it's cash. Do that. The staff have black T-shirts on with branding of the place where I work. Yep. Okay. Tidy and practical. And what it does is it, it gives a visual cue as to who's the staff and who's the management in case a situation arises where you need, you know, someone is making a complaint and needs to speak to a higher up. There's a visual cue. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yep. Well, the owners decided that they wouldn't do that. And what they wanted was um, black trousers and black shoes and white shirt and black tie and the lads to even wear waistcoats sometimes and a waist apron of everyone so that there's no difference. And when I pointed out exactly what you've just pointed out, which was wearing a white shirt in a coffee shop is absolutely insane because as soon as you make one coffee, you're filthy. So you're yeah. open at 8 a.m., you are filthy by 10 past 8. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that did not get listened to. Did no get listened to. <laughs> so now I have a cupboard full of tarnished white shirts. <laughs> and coffee... Coffee, if you are, if these commercials are to be believed, is one of the stubborn stains that's really difficult to get out with your normal cleaning products. Yeah, and if you were truly into friends, mate, this is where you would launch your uh, advert for whatever cleaning company has sponsored you this week, and I would say the slogan, and then a baby would cry. <laughs> yeah, so it'd be like, oh, hey, Rachel, you, you know you got a bit of um, coffee on that white shirt. Hey, oh, that's really great. hard to get out. Greg, don't worry. I've got a box of Daz at home for Daz for white or whites. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then your tooth does a little ding. <laughs> um, so earlier I mentioned uh, one coffee shop that I worked in. Mm. And then I've just mentioned another one. Um, I'm going to turn this episode into the Aaron's Jobs episode. Because... Okay. When I was, I'm going to go with 19 and 20, or it could have been 18 and 19, but essentially my first few years when I'd moved away from home and then I came back home over Christmas, I had Mm. a one-month temp job both years as the ombre man. Oh, no way. So I did not have to (laughs) dress as a cowboy. Oh, Unfortunately, uh, it was for the parent company of Jean-Paul Gaultier and Paul Smith and all of that. I, right. I hardly remember the name of the company. I want to say Kenneth Green, but I'm not sure. No. Um, and what it, So I previously had worked for Boots Opticians as a Saturday kid when I was at um, college. And mm-hmm. I was working in a Boots for Kenneth Green. So I was an agent. So I was an ombre man. Now, yeah. what Kenneth Green wanted me to do, again, if that's not the name of the company, it doesn't matter, but uh, you know, what Kenneth Green wanted me to do was specifically sell Kenneth Green products by being out front and centre and, you know, advertising them. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they paid me about pound fifty above minimum wage. Okay. So I was making a good good bit of money when I was on that job, right? I was getting paid more than I, than probably the supervisors were in the shop and I was 18 and 19. So therefore to make it fair, what I did instead was just generally work in boots. (laughs) (laughs) So I worked on the aftershave counter for two years in a row, not just selling uh, ombre, just selling whatever, because they got a member of staff that they didn't pay. I got paid out of my arse and they were the top selling products anyway. So I didn't have to do anything. Everybody won. Everyone's a winner. And Everyone's probably, a winner. And everyone liked you probably because you were doing that bit extra. Dressing as a cowboy. Yeah. Squirting <laughs> <laughs> customers in the face with uh, with um, with aftershave. 
Yeah. Now, unfortunately, that was before I had a beard, so I didn't have the full ombre man look. Um, but, you know, a man can dream. Um, so I've already mentioned that the ombre man is getting my best pal. But for mm-hmm. me, he was a floater until the final scene when he does squirt the man in the face, like you've just mentioned. Um, yeah, yeah. And then totally breaks character. And he's yeah, just like yeah. a doofus. That's what sealed the deal for me. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen because there's a there's a obviously there's a girl involved as well. So that Joey's sort of chatting up this other member of staff that's female and uh, Annabelle. Then Annabelle and then Ombre Man steals said girl. Uh, <laughs> now he he's he, he's like walking her out of the shop to take her for a drink, and he's fully in character still. So I'd I would like have liked to think to... I'd like to think that when they got to Central Perk for their coffee. He did the entire date in character. That's what I was hoping. I would have loved to have seen some more of that. Yeah, I would have yeah. loved to have seen some more real life, real world, uh, ombre man yeah. in the real world in character. So, so this is another spin-off we're pitching from Friends alongside <laughs> Dad on the Run and yeah. uh, what was the other one? The, like, there's a cardigan guy. Oh no, was he Dad on the Run? He was Dad no, on the yeah, Run. Same, same, same guy. Oh, it was the um, the gynecologist doctor who's terrified of vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've got those two, and now we've got um, the best-selling top hit, The Man Man, uh, <laughs> where <laughs> The Man Man just goes around. As, he's, he's got two personas all the time. He's in character, and then at the end of every episode, something blows up in his face. He goes, oh, Mr... Mr. Boss, I'm really sorry about that. I'm, what's he say? I'm, I'm such a, I'm such a doofus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm such a putz. That guy. So that's his. That's his. Like, um, get out of dodge moment at the yeah, end yeah. of each episode. He goes, oh, oh, I'm such a doofus. <laughs> yeah, and then the cue uh, studio audience <laughs> laughter, and like one of them freeze frame things, you know, like so if he's, he smacked himself on the face, but then it just freezes on that, and then that's a credits roll, <laughs> and then whatever music we've got on, the man, man, what would be a good? I, I can't think of a song. The only, the first thing that came to mind is um, the short lived entrance music for uh, Stephen Regal, the English wrestler who had a song that went, "He's a real." Man's man. <laughs> Sounds terrible, but perfect. perfect. Yeah, perfect. yeah, I would watch that. So, I've got a quiz for you. Oh, you shouldn't have. Now, I reverse, I reverse engineered this quiz. It's not. Is it a quiz? I suppose it's a quiz. It's a feature, certainly. But I reversed engineered it. I came up with a title and I thought, can't believe we've done nothing with this title. So then I tried to figure out a feature based on the title. That is very Um, Greg. That is very Greg. (laughs) So I'll give you the title. There's a little pause. So don't jump in because you'll think I'm finished, but I haven't. Okay. Ready? Yep. Friend or foe? Knee. That's right, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen. This feature is friend or phony. Right, so, okay. I've got five... No, I haven't. I've got six, of course. Six episode titles for you. And <sighs> I want you to tell me whether it's a friend 
or a foe knee. Okay, that's great. Okay, so question one or uh, title one, the one with the joke. Yeah, now, that's a real that... episode. I can picture what the episode is as well. This is my fear that you're too much of a Friends fan. But yes, that is a friend. Yeah. Uh, I thought it might be ironic to you that like it happens to have a joke <laughs> in it. And it's then a, so... Th- it's a joke where uh, Ross sends it into a magazine and claims it as his own, but Chandler's like, hey, that was my joke. I told it to you last week. And in the end, they're fighting over whose joke it is in the reverse because it's shit. <laughs> you're, too, you're too much. I'm too good. Buff. I'm too this good. Could my, this could be my downfall. Right. Uh, episode number two. The one when you dish upon a star. Sorry, the one where you dish upon a star. Right. No, that's not a Friends episode. Can I get a bonus point for saying that I think you made it up by looking at a Simpsons episode called When You Dish Upon a Star? That is top marks for Aaron. Um, and when you dish up on a star would be, oh God, is it when is it Homer becomes a food critic? It is. Simpsons <laughs> series. Ten. No, no, it isn't that. Sorry. Oh, All right, okay. right. It's it is Simpsons series ten episode five. Yeah. After stumbling upon their secret holiday home, Homer works as a personal assistant. Oh, of course, to, to Kim Basinger and Baldwin. yeah. Invasing her. Wow. Howard, you've done it you've again. You've done it again. I think that, that is that episode, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Amazing, it amazing, amazing. Right. <laughs> travels so, back so... in time for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so far, you've got two from two oh, with uh, some bonus great. knowledge. Uh, episode three the one with the holiday armadillo. Yeah, yeah. That is now, I, I didn't know this, but I did. <clears throat> pose it to christine and she knew it straight away so i knew yeah, i slipped up there it's, it's it's one of those it's it's probably a bad episode because it's quite late on i'm going to go with like series eight or something but like uh it's Season like an episode thing ten. oh is it because he's um he's dressed as an armadillo so like once you see ross in an armadillo costume you're not going to forget that are you no no you certainly not uh oh, although i did unless i <laughs> Uh, number four, the yeah. one with the boob job. No. You saying Not five? Honest. I'm saying four. It's a friend. Season <sighs> nine, episode sixteen. Oh wow! So who gets wrong. a boob job? I've, I've no idea. All oh, right, okay. No, no, I've just I don't know. I didn't get any I details. Hope it's Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> the one where. The waitress is getting married. Nah, that is... You've tried to do me there. That is always sunny. Are you sure it's not Rachel or <laughs> Ursula? They're nah. both waitresses. No way. It's always sunny, season <laughs> five, episode five. Dee discovers that the waitress Charlie is obsessed with is getting married to her ex-boyfriend and plots to derail the wedding. Oh, what, so she gets married to one of Dee's ex-boyfriends? Because uh, I've, de- I, I mean, I've probably seen that episode twice now with the way that I've watched it, and I don't remember it. But I suppose, I like, know. always sunny, always resets at the end of every episode, doesn't it? So, 
Maybe she's getting married to all I can think of is she's getting married to the um to the army guy. I don't know, I can't remember. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh and final one. Is it the final one? Yeah, final one. The one with Alan Attraction. Oh, what's Alan Attraction? Alan. I'm gonna go with no, it's a full, but I can't think of what Alan Attraction is. No. You'll have to... I can't get the, the bonus point, as it were, but I'm going to go you're with gonna four. Ki- you're going to kick yourself. No! I'm Alan Partridge, season oh, one, of episode course, yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. Without a second series of his programme, Alan is nearing bankruptcy and chooses to fire his entire staff at his company <laughs> rather than downsize his beloved car. Alan that... finds some solace in Jill, his flirtatious, chain-smoking, 50-year-old divorce receptionist. <laughs> It's so glamorous. <laughs> that would be I know a cracking owl sanctuary. <laughs> that episode. I Very think you good. did pretty well there, mate. I think I got five out of six. You got five out of six, but two of the the phonies you picked the show, which yeah, I thought yeah. was pretty good as well. Thanks, man. Um now there is a I need to get a life, really. This isn't gonna be a continue continuing feature. Um, no. Because Friends episodes, titles, when you start looking through, are really boring. And so to bring any comedy to the phonies, you are gonna they're gonna stand out yeah, yeah. as phonies because you're gonna go, well, the one where they go shopping isn't funny, so that must be a friend. And then the one where they do a big shit in a dustbin must be a phony because <laughs> it's not boring. So <laughs> I'd watch that one, huh? However, the title still remains, so the feature may may return, but in a different yeah, yeah. Uh, a different style. It's good. I liked it because I enjoyed being and, quizzed. And that was the ignore the ignoreal. Oh, let me say that again. Inaugural. And that was the ignore. No, I can't do it. <laughs> and that and that was the first episode. <laughs> no, it's not an episode. Hang on. Forget it. <laughs> Just clip this thing. <laughs> There's no, I'm, I'm absolutely not. That is staying in. <laughs> <laughs> right at the end of the episode, I did enjoy the scene where Ross finally does drink the breast milk, and he like he gives a big old swig from the baby bottle and then chows it down with uh, a bunch of Oreos. Mm. That was yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah. Like it sort of ended on a on a decent note, at least. That was nearly as good as the bar scene like because it pointed mm. how stupid the boys were yeah i guess i guess at, the, at that point i had i was really down on the episode at that point it was um i don't i think it could have been the best i think bar in the bar scene that would have been the only thing i think that would have re-grabbed my interest at that point i was kind of over it mm. i don't like it wasn't great. I mean, Unsung Hero, because I don't think either of us are going to mention her as a best pal because we've got Ombre Guy. Have you settled with Julie? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I'm going to go with Julie because yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, the last scene that she was in with Rachel, I just was staggered by how nice she is. And yeah. The, way yeah. the hell is she hanging around with this lot? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll go with Julie. Um. So we have to give a little honourable mensch to um, Carol. No, Susan. I always get mixed up. Susan. Yeah. 
Um, because when she she sort of gives Ross a little pat on the back on something, and he like he sort of looks at her like, oh my god, I can't believe she's sticking up for me, and she drops a line, "Don't look so surprised, I'm a lovely person." Yeah. <laughs> so that, at that point, I went, yeah, like she is. We do like her, and Ross is an idiot. She is. She is good a couple of times in this. Um, in this this episode, it's, again, nothing. She doesn't stand out, but she's always a fail. She's fairly consistent, isn't she? Yeah, I like her. I think she's good. Did I think we? An honorable um, mention is a good good shout. Yeah. What about uh, what about best friends then, mate? So it was tough because no one was particularly good. No one particularly did anything. Um, I always fall back on the boys, Joey and Chandler, when we get to this situation. Because they've always done something redeemable in the episode. Yeah. Um, I did go for Joey, and it was it was one line that did it for me, um, and it was he's after he's beaten the ombre man because the ombre yeah. man sprayed the ombre into a customer's face and 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 he's been dragged away by the boss basically. Yeah. And uh, Annabelle, did you say? I think I did, yeah. Yeah, Annabelle comes back in to the room and goes, oh, what happened? And Joey says, oh, these new kids, they don't last. They just stop lasting. And I thought that was quite a good line. Yeah. Like, he's, he just, like, he was trying to be the cool man and then we fell back into his, his original state, which is, like actually a bit thick and not quite as cool as he wants to be and yeah, yeah. didn't know where he was going with the line basically so he i would have put him down as my best friend just for that final scene as well with the nice the the walk off into the sunset because there's a like, there's a big display of a sunset down the thing like down the yeah. corridor so in that respect i was thinking i oh, like he could be my best friend but i'm second guessing it now because I don't think it was strong enough to get a double vote, but no one else stands out. No, no, yeah, maybe like... Chandler for his part in the bar scene, and that, but that is that is it. You know, there's nothing redeemable other than that. Like, really. Does he do anything in the episode apart from that? Chandler, yeah, no, he does a bit of sarcastic commenting and things like that as normal. Um, I quite like about... Phoebe trying to get in on the girls doing the crying when she was jumping up to, to get in on a hug. Oh, Not enough, pretty, though. It's tenuous, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to have to be I Joy, isn't it? I liked Phoebe jumping up to hug. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to have to be Joy. Double Joe. Double Joe. Uh, Double Joe. Um, each episode is like 22 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And there's six of them. Yep. So that's like... How many minutes is that each? Like three and a half. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's why uh, they have to have all of these. While they have to have all these scenes in coffee shops where they're all in, and he says, "Like, honey, I'm home at the coffee shop." It's because otherwise, you literally wouldn't see some of them for the for the episode. Three and weren't they getting paid like and... a million quid by the end of this per episode? It's each. a good good job, isn't it? A million quid for three and a half minutes of yeah. screen time. Class. That's even <laughs> that's even better than what uh, what you get if you're doing cameo. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> that's ju- just a little bit more than Matt Letitia gets on cameo. 
square the episode off, mate. Give us a rating. Um, for me, it was pretty poor. I can't. I've enjoyed talking to you about it again, and I can't let that sway my decision because the actual viewing wasn't good. So I'm gonna have to go with a two. Yeah, I fully agree. I was tempted by a three, but I think that I gave last week's episode a three, so I don't think that's fair. Like, no, no, definitely because it's not. not. It wasn't funny. Um, yeah, two. Ah, I feel um, feel like, pretty sense can, of dread. <laughs> you can have you can have nothing happen, plot wise, but be really funny. Fine. You can have, well, great, actually, because it's a comedy. You can yeah. have no funnies, but a good plot, which is, yeah, that's all right. It's a situational comedy, so I suppose that's fine as well. Yeah. But this had no plot and no jokes, which, <laughs> which can't score highly in a situation comedy. No, not at all. Yeah, all right, two out of six. Nah. Two out of six is all round. Um so on that note, well, we'll can I put a pin in it? I'm going to leave you with a mind-blowing mm. fact that I learned while just doing some googling on this episode. I've, okay. It was it. It was a while ago when I had to Google it. I've left it on my screen so that I didn't uh, forget. Um, you're asking me about cantaloupes. Yes. Um, in this country, I think it's just whatever we call melon. I mean, I'm looking at them and it's just normal. It might be honey yep. melon. Um, Looking at the picture, it's kind of obvious, but I've never thought about this in my life, and it's kind of made my head spin a bit. Um, melons are a kind of pumpkin. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I find that hard to believe, but I believe you. But yes, I wouldn't have thought that for a second. It's crazy, isn't it? Like if you think about it, with the the sort of the seedy middle and the the fleshy. I'm looking at a picture yeah, of a very... cantaloupe. They're very different textures and they're very oh, different the... shape. Well, all right. You shit on that, mate, because I thought that was mind-blowing. And you're like, yeah, That's whatever. Like saying, but it's like saying an apple is like a pet pumpkin because it's got seeds <laughs> in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can hear my child crying. See, Lily doesn't agree with that at all. She did not <laughs> like that fact. Bex just brought her out a pair of Nikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god right let's get out of here let's get the hell out of dodge let's get the hell out of dodge partner i'll see you next week (laughs) bye bye bye